0: Hey friends and family, really good to be uh, with you today. I wanna start us off with a question. Have you in this season, uh, this hard season, the season that we're all in, uh, the political season, the COVID season, just the season in general, it's just been difficult. Have you in this season found it hard uh, to be around, be in conversation, be gentle, be kind, uh, to the people you love the most. Has it been a hard season for that? It may be particular for our conversation today. Has it been hard for you and your marriage? When I asked myself that question, I answered yes right away. Uh, even just Tina and I were, uh, earlier this week, trying to sit down and put together this message uh, f- for us In and really, we bumped into what happened a couple of weeks ago. We had a conversation, and it was about something very important to our marriage, uh, something that, of course, I uh, was a part of. And... Um, we had talked through it and I thought we were done with it. I thought it was water over the dam. And what had happened and I didn't realize was that it was still an important area to Tina. And so uh, right then and there, we knew that before we started talking to you about marriage in this first Peter passage that we needed to uh, resolve this. And so we honestly took an hour and a half and spent some time talking through it. We prayed together, we talked around it. Uh, I had to own some things in it, and it was just uh, a conversation that was unclear and ended wrong, and uh, we were able to move on. So, honest to goodness, the things that we're going to talk about today are all throughout the 26 years we've been married. But I want to jump into the passage. Let's get going into our passage. It's First uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. I just want to read it real quick for you. I'm gonna talk through it a little bit as we're reading, but then we're gonna uh, pause after, and, and Tina's gonna lead us through a couple points, and I'm gonna lead us through a couple points. So we're excited about it. Let's jump in together. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Now, mind you, back in this day when Peter was writing this letter again, he was bringing hope and inspiration into a a very hard time. These people were sojourners going through a time and a place that really wasn't their home, but he's noticing things. He's noticing that people are coming to faith. They're they're becoming Christians. They're uh, following Jesus, maybe after they've been married, maybe for some of them during the marriage. but, they're coming to Jesus at a later time and for whatever reason, some of the wives are doing this out in front of their husbands. And so, he's, he's making a point to address, hey hey, ladies, let's, let's lean into this. Don't give up leaning into this. And so, that's a little bit of context where that's coming from. He goes on in verse 3 and says, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles, and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters. If you do what is right, and do not give way to fear. Now, Peter here is just relating it back to someone that they would have known or read about and making the example out of Sarah's life. Husbands, I hear he brings something for us, guys. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Again, Peter's talking again to, to these sojourners, these people going through a land that's not their own. He's recognizing things that are off, and his greatest desire, as it's been all through this, this passage, is to bring hope and inspiration uh, to these people, some action steps. And so what we're going to do in just the next handful of minutes is we're just going to uh, just bring some hope and some inspiration through some of this passage and some of the very specific points where over the past 26 years, this passage out of 1 Peter 3 has breathed life into Tina and I's marriage. So we're just gonna give you a glimpse into our marriage. I hope that's okay. We're gonna be vulnerable in some areas. Uh, We believe that God wants to use our story, so we're just gonna go for it. And Tina's gonna lead us in a first couple of points.
1: Yeah, so I wanna draw us back to verses one and two wives in the same way submit yourselves to your own husbands so that if any of them do not believe the word that they may be won over without words but by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives so Peter's talking um, basically giving hope to the women there um, that they can win their husbands over with a gentle quiet spirit and um... to change them and for years I tried changing Derek um, to who I thought he should be and my words and actions probably came out more angry than anything Um, so obviously that didn't really that way didn't work um, for us but I didn't realize that it wasn't my job to change Derek's it was ultimately God's job it was just my job to love him well For those of you that don't know us, um, Derek wasn't always a pastor. He became a pastor probably 17 years years into our marriage. Um, So I'm going to go back to our first 10 years of marriage and kind of hit on that. um, That decade, Um, first, Derek was, he liked his hobbies. He had, there was a hobby for every season. Um, so there was never an end. It was continuous, and he was gone all the time. Um, and over, yeah, after, over 10 years, I was tired of it. I was frustrated, angry, had a lot of resentment. Um, the marriage that I envisioned wasn't happening. Um, I wanted a husband that was present and involved, um, one that put his family above his hobbies, So it was, it was a hard, hard time. And I mean, there was even times I would think that it would be easier to do life without him. Um, I was doing it by myself anyways, and I wouldn't have to worry, like, is he going to be home to put the kids in bed? Or is he going to be home to make it to this event? Or am I going to end up going by myself again? Um, And it was just, I just felt like it was disappointment after disappointment. Um, And so I'm like, I'm doing it on my own. It's probably the easier route. Um, But I am thankful that I did have godly friends, family, um, mentors that really didn't let me sit in those thoughts too long. Um, They really pushed me to... um, just God's truths and what God wanted for our marriage, not what Tina wanted for the marriage came to a point where it must have been a day I was really frustrated, um, and I happened to be venting to Derek's mom because what better a person to you know tattle on your husband than his mom um, and anyway, I just talked to her about just the frustration of him being gone and not involved with the kids and Things and she and she knew she knew it. We had talked about it before, and she just looked at me and she said, "Tina, you're not going to be able to change him. Only God can change him. You just need to turn him over to God and pray for him." Mm-hmm. And so that's what I that's what I did, um, and I trusted God to change him. Mm-hmm. So I did. I started praying for him, um, not even knowing what that looked like or how to pray. Um, like, what do I even say? So I started reading a book um, called The Power of the Praying Wife. And that just had great examples of prayers to pray over him. Um, And it even gave me a glimpse of what what kind of wife I needed to be and that I wasn't being that. Um, So the first thing that I did do, like that verse talks about, like, submit to your husband. So I did. I submitted to Derek. And what that looked like for me, I know that word submit is always a scary word for women. but really what it looked like for me was choosing to be unselfish and cooperative. Um, I chose to be devoted to him, which in turn um, meant like being attentive to his needs, not holding my anger against him, and forgiving him. Um, don't get me wrong, it wasn't easy, um, especially in the beginning. It was hard because um, I still had a lot of angry emotions and whatnot. But the more that I worked on this the more that god started changing me and it did become easier Um, and that brings us to the next part of the verse um verses three and four your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold fine gold jewelry or fine clothes rather it should be that of your inner self the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit which is of great worth in god's sight so the next thing that i did was submitted to god Um, and that's what started that um, cultivating that inner beauty in me Uh, we as women we put so much time and energy and money into our physical appearances and we can be really ugly on the inside and i mean god really yeah the beauty that we need is what is inside and um god loves that and our husbands will love that too um so i started working on my own walk with god i started reading my bible doing bible studies um as the weeks and months went by god was really starting to change me which was so crazy because i went into this thinking he's the one that need, needed all the change mm-hmm. not me But during this time, and just me submitting, I'm seeing that, yeah, I needed to change, change too. Um, I began to feel like there was this hope, a glimmer of hope now. Um, I knew God wanted more for our marriage, and that just gave me the drive to push on, even through the hard, hard times. I started understanding what um, unconditional love looked like what grace and forgiveness in my own life looked like, and that I needed to um, be that for him. And so really what happened during this time is God was shaping me to love Derek like God loves me. And that's ultimately what won him over. Um, God really cultivated a gentle, quiet spirit in me that taught me to love hard and to forgive often. Hmm. Um, The process was just over two years Um, a lot of it could have been my own unwillingness at times Um, sometimes you just have to you just feel like you have to get back or like you're stubborn about things and nope I'm not going to do that unless he does this Um, but over the two-year period I um, yeah God really did transform me Um, it tends to be a continuous choice and a process Um, it does get easier the more um, The more you do it it just becomes a natural response kind of like a muscle reflex um Mm -hmm. and yeah it just really showed that my actions actually spoke much louder than what my words did um so really to sum up those two verses i mean wives we need to submit to our husbands and submit to god and let him let him change us on the inside um and which allows god to change our husbands
0: so yeah i love that word muscle reflex uh when tina talked about how god changed her on the inside and was cultivating that inner beauty i'll be quite honest with you like those were periods of time where i wasn't nearly at my best i mean quite honestly it got worse before it got better Mm -hmm. Um, but I remember thinking, as I'm learning what following Jesus looks like and surrendering my life and, and wrestling through my own things, I remember thinking, how can Tina forgive me for this? How can Tina love me for this? And she really was the skin of Jesus in that season of life where I needed the skin of Jesus. I needed that firsthand experience of, of Christ's love, and, and Tina was that. and. I could, I'm forever grateful for that uh, that time and how God cultivated that in her. So thanks again for for always being uh, that way. But uh, guys, we're not off the hook, right? We get verse seven, and, and I want to lean into verse seven with us again. It's it's been a season of of our life for 26 years where this. Verse 7 has been a part of my life, so I hope it uh, is something that inspires you and brings hope into your marriage. Uh, listen to this. It says this in verse 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect or honor as the weaker partner. Again, the weaker partner stands a chance. If Tina and I got into arm wrestling contest right now, I'd beat her. That's all that that's saying as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. I want to focus uh, in, uh, in that verse seven uh, on two phrases. First is this, uh, this little captured phrase called as you live with. There's a Greek word here called son oiko, which is to dwell with. And Chuck Swindell writes in his book, and I think this is just a great picture of what this word can really mean in our our lives. Chuck Swindell writes this again in his book, Hope Again. Son, Oikyoko suggests much more than merely living under the same roof. Isn't that how sometimes we just live? There is a depth, a sense of intimacy in the word. Peter is saying that husbands are responsible for that in the relationship. Providing a good living should never become a substitute for sharing deeply in life. The husband needs to be at home with his wife, listen to this, understanding every room in his wife's heart and being sensitive to her needs. I love that, just understanding every room in Tina's heart. So it's not just being around, it's just actually being present. And this started right away in our marriage. We can go all the way back to year one where I was just used to being around the home. And for the first four years prior to kids, it worked. We figured out ways to make it work. But as kids came along, my just being around wasn't actually helping the situation. We really had to lean into this, and I had to learn how. Learn how to be present. And that was just a golden gift to Tina when that came alive in my heart. But it took years and years and years. I had to unbreak some things to break some new things. And again, we didn't have people telling us this. We were learning as we were going. But being present is really not just knowing the surface level things of your wife. Like, you should know what her favorite color is. You should know what her favorite restaurant is. You should know where her favorite vacation place is. But do you know the the deep insecurities of your wife's heart? Do you know the, the places where she really needs the protective side of, of, of your manliness where you can be the protector of the home and, and provide protection? Do you know what that looks like? Do you know the deep places where your, your wife's wounds sit? Do you know how to deeply love her? And we're not talking about the bedroom scene, guys. We're talking about deep love, intimacy love for your wife. It's when I started learning these things I started learning how to make Tina's day better, how to provide in areas that she was just lacking, how to lean into things such as her insecurities and start drawing out the good things that she is good at, making her life better, making her shine more. These are the things I'm talking about, guys. It's not just being around, it's being present and knowing your wife, but we can't just know those things. We have to put them into action. So I hope today, like, something you might step into is just learning how to be present and actually learn your wife and put it into action. The second thing in verse 7 is this, treat them with respect. The better word here might be honor them. Here's three things I want to give you guys, and you really might want to write these things down. So, so if you have a pen or a way to type it into your phone, do that your wife is and should be your number one human she's your top priority nothing or anybody comes in place of that priority that top position for me that hasn't always been a thing i can easily allow fishing to get into the way of that it can easily creep in and become the top priority and i don't even see it happening even to just really our conversation Trying to figure out this message was around that top priority type thing. What is the top priority? And we have conversations around it constantly. Um, don't just tell her she's your number one. Don't just tell her you love her. Let the things you do, let the things you do show her. She'll know out of the things you do that she's number one in your life. The second thing is is this, and, and you want to write this out or type it out too, is... Um, Tina has an incredible voice, and I need to value it, I need to listen to it, and I need to utilize it. Three things I haven't done so well in the marriage. I'm learning a lot, but this really took a, a, cur- or a, a curve in a, or a turn in the right way uh, midway through our marriage that uh, I started learning that God gave Tina a voice, God's given your wife a voice, You need to lean into that, you need to utilize that, you need to listen, you need to allow her to speak. I shut that down so many years in our marriage. One example I think of, uh, uh, I went to go buy a a used truck. And so we went to the dealership and, and Tina's with me and the dealer was a great salesman, he brought us right to the brand new trucks. And I was sold. And the whole way Tina's going, don't buy that truck, I just know we're not supposed to buy it, we're not supposed to buy it. Hush, hush, you know, I want the new truck. Uh, two years later, uh, it became a buyback, a Lemon Law truck. Um, it went under the Lemon Law. We just, it, it wasn't a good move. It wasn't a good investment and we got rid of it. Um, and she was right. And I have found since that day and many other days that Tina is typically right about things. Um, now she doesn't push that on me, but I got to learn to utilize it. And guys, I hope that you learn to utilize that. The last thing I want to give you out of this of how to honor your wife is speak highly of your wife everywhere. Three exclamation points. <laughs> like this is a very important thing in how we can honor our wife. And really the honoring part here isn't just around her, it's when we're not around her. Uh, I hope that you speak well of her with people when you are around her. But it's really easy for us guys to not get in that groove when we're out with the guys, So we're at the shop at work or we're out to lunch with someone it's real easy to talk about things that maybe we shouldn't talk about, that is private to our marriage, or even to say derogatory type terms or, or words about our wife. It's easy to throw her under the bus when she's not there. We've all heard those type of conversations, and again, I'm as guilty as anybody. I've been a part of those conversations, and and I've had to do my own repentance of that. But here's what I know: is is when I talk highly about Tina wherever i'm at it does two things one it helps me continue to believe high level things about tina that are true but it also is an example setting to the other guys around me that i'm not calling her the old lady i'm calling her the bride that god's given me my best friend i'm talking highly of her and sometimes other guys just don't know what to do with that and i think it's very shaping for them because i do believe that it helps catch them but more than just helping them, it helps our relationship and it does help honor our wife. So again, maybe, maybe you got to figure out, is your wife your number one human? Are you listening to her voice and are you speaking highly of her everywhere? Here's what I know is true. There's a lot of information that we just gave you. It could feel like we just opened up the fire hose. And it's a lot to take in. When we were going through a lot of our counseling times over the years and, and even more recent, um, our counselor has always told us or we've always landed in this position that we're going to take one thing and we're going to work on it. Because the long-term picture, the big picture out there can be overwhelming. It can, it can feel unattainable. we got to set short-level, short-term goals that we can get to accomplish, look back, see where we've come, and move forward. So I just want to encourage you to do that. Would you be willing to take one nugget of truth out of this passage? One example. Let it breathe hope into your world. Let it inspire you to take a step. Maybe for you ladies, again, it's it's today as Cena talked about being submitted. Maybe it would just be that very simple step, but let it become a thing that changes your life. Maybe it would be the other part of that, culting your inner beauty. Would you be willing to, to pick one of those steps? and just lean into it. And guys, would you be interested in being present at home, not just being there? Maybe that's something you need to work on. That was a huge thing for me. I wonder if that's for you. Maybe maybe the other thing, guys, would be just how you honor your wife. You would maybe pick one of those steps or all of those steps in that. But honoring your wife, such a gift to them, such a gift to the relationship. And all of this, all of this builds intimacy in a marriage. That's one of the greatest goals so what we would like to do is just pray for you around this. And, and as, you're, as we're praying, our hope is that you would just open your heart to the move of God's Spirit in it. Maybe you would allow Spirit to challenge you with one of these steps. Maybe you already know this is the step for me. Or maybe you're just still confused and not sure where that fits or how it fits. We'd just love to, the chance to pray over you. So I'm going to pray and, and uh, just kind of speak through these and, and just pray a blessing over them. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, I do pray that, um, that the word that you called us to speak is good, it's edifying, and it's for us. Lord, today I pray for the ladies that, that might desire to take a step of being submitted or cultivating that inner beauty. Lord, would you right now give them courage and a desire and some energy to take that step? it stands a chance that their first thought is, well, you don't know my husband. That's very true. We don't. But we know the God that does. And we want to lean into that. So, Lord, just on behalf of them, would you give them courage to take a step? And would you give them an opportunity, maybe even the correct step to take right now? Lord, I pray for the men here that they uh, just as well would, um, would lean into a step. Lord, that they would... Maybe see where they haven't been being present. They've just been at the house, not really being present with their wife. Lord, would you give them energy? Would you give them a know how, a discernment, some wisdom into that? How to be present. And Lord, for some, maybe the first step is just in honoring their wife and being in awe over them. Lord, maybe one of those steps of just however they might honor, that they would just do it well in their speech. Or in their actions. So, Lord, we thank you for our time. We thank you that uh, this is from you, and we just get a chance to to breathe into it. And so, Spirit of God, would you just breathe into them, encourage them again, help them to see a step, and we just say thanks in advance for the good work you're going to do. We pray these things confidently, Jesus, because you ask us and tell us to pray in confidence. And so we do just that. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.